You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Greetings, one and all. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Earth Oddity. You've reached the bad boys of Southern evangelical humor. I am Tiny. Sitting across from me is my friend John Long. What's up? And we are the uneducated, the unofficial. And the unappreciated voices of Southern Baptists across the nation. Definitely unappreciated. <laughs> Definitely uh, uneducated on my part. Too. That, that too. Yeah. They haven't invited us to a Southern Baptist convention yet, and I'm a little upset. <laughs> you know? Like, they should have us there as some sort of host of some forum or something like that. Hey, well, you know, Beth Moore knows what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Her right there with you, Beth. <laughs> I neither condemn or condone Beth Moore. That's what going on record. Here, before we lose some listeners. I feel like Beth Moore can do her thing. Yes. And uh and, and we can do ours. And we can do ours. Speaking right. of which, any good stories this week? I got several good stories. Got another parking lot pooper. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I mean, <laughs> apparently I am, that's a thing. I, I am shocked at the amount of parking lot poopers there <laughs> yes. are. Yeah. I just, I just know that, uh, I have never had to poop in a parking lot. Right. But, uh, apparently a lot of people do mm-hmm. and do so regularly. So we've had more parking lot pooper stories than Bigfoot stories. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's how amazing it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, how about you? Well, I've got a group of furries who okay. stopped crime. All right. <laughs> Crime-fighting furies, you might say. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and we've got a, a church that is trying to reboot and uh, maybe having some uh, differences of opinion okay. with their people in their congregation. That's nothing new. No, that happens. But I wanted to start with this story, and this is actually an old story. This is from January 12th. Somehow we missed it, and like okay. no one who listens to this show either caught it or just didn't tell us about it. Right. But this is a huge story. Do you remember Yusaku Mezawa? Um, I'm sure you do. Of course I do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he is the Japanese billionaire yeah. who hired SpaceX to do the moonshot. That's right. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> and then there was a story that uh, he wanted to invite a bunch of artists, mm-hmm. singers, yeah. rappers maybe, right. to go with him yeah. and like, you know, get all this inspiration from the moon. Sure. So that when you come back to Earth, there's, you know, boom, there's like this huge wave of like, right. you know, deeply inspiring art. The moon is hollow, by the way. <laughs> yes. Just want to point that out for everybody listening. You probably haven't researched it, but the moon's hollow. Maybe Cardi B will write a rap about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> that could be like her kickoff for her congressional run. Yes. Yeah? I don't know. But apparently, Yusaku Mezawa, he also wants to take a special lady. Oh. A girlfriend. Okay. To the moon with him. Understandable. 
Well, there's one problem. He doesn't have a girlfriend. Oh, wow. So he How has, are you a billionaire and don't have a girlfriend? It's <laughs> an excellent question. Yeah. But apparently, there's going to be a reality show. All right. Trying to match him up with one special young lady. Wow. To go to the moon. To the moon with you, Zaka. <laughs> that's what I would name it, by the way. <laughs> yes. You know? I love you to the moon. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's even better. You put our brains together. We can yeah. come up with some ideas. I don't know what that would be in Japanese, but. I don't either, because I don't know Japanese. But, yeah, I think that would work. Love you to the moon and back. Yeah. Yep, there you go. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, Japanese billionaire seeks girlfriend for moon voyage on SpaceX rocket. Hold on. Time out. Do you think it's going to be like a. Christy, will you accept this moon rock? You know, like the, like the bachelor. Yes. Yeah, I had to say that because I would forget it by the time we read the whole article. How about for like, you know how they have this ceremony where they parade all these single, you know, beautiful women out in front of him? Yeah. What if they parade them all out in spacesuits <laughs> and then one at, one at a time they take off their helmet? That's pretty good. <laughs> so they like lift up the visor yes. things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good right there. That's pretty good. Anyway. Japanese billionaire Yusaku Mezawa, the first prospective rider on SpaceX's future deep space rocket, has launched a bizarre campaign to find a female partner to fly around the moon with him. Mezawa's website promoting the campaign makes it clear that he isn't just looking for a friend, but a significant other to accompany him on his trip to the moon. Uh, Mezawa has a long-held dream of going into space, the website states. He wants to visit such a special place together with a special someone. The website promotes the contest as a serious matchmaking event that will be documented in a reality TV show called Full Moon Lovers. Okay. So full Moon Lovers. I think ours is better. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. I know some Full Moon Lovers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Set to air on the Japanese streaming service Abima TV. The contest is open to single women over the age of 20 who have bright personalities, want to enjoy life to the fullest, and want world peace. Wow. I'm, I'm going to assume here that uh, <laughs> they probably need to be nice looking, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to have a good looking one. I, don't, <laughs> and I, just I say, think you're going to need a little bit more than a, a good personality to make this trip. Right. And I don't say to Mr. Mazawa. Let's not. I will go to the moon with you. <laughs> right. like, I'll kiss a man to go to the moon. You know, right? I will. I will. I will. I've always wanted to be an astronaut. I think we've covered that on the on the show before. And Maybe my parents would send me to space camp, and it really limited my abilities to get into the space program. <laughs> Well, maybe your talents as a lover can yeah. get you a trip. You talk. I would be excellent. <laughs> you know, yes. I would be. If you just get me to the moon, we're going to have to clear all this with Deidre, you know? <laughs> but if you can get me to the moon, I'll hold your hand the whole ride there. <laughs> right. I have soft, supple hands, too, by the way. Not stained with hard work. That's right. Yeah, no calluses <laughs> on these hands. I've been behind a desk for a long time. <laughs> Says that Mezawa and his new partner would presumably be traveling to the moon on SpaceX's first-generation Starship rocket, a massive spacecraft that's meant to take people to deep space destinations like the moon and eventually Mars. In September of 2018, SpaceX revealed that Mezawa had put a sizable deposit to become the first private customer to ride on Starship once it was complete and ready for crew. The trip would entail sending Mezawa around the moon without landing on it and then returning him back to Earth. SpaceX didn't say how much he paid, but CEO Elon Musk noted that it was enough to help partially pay for the development of the spacecraft. Wow. 
When the announcement was made, Mezawa also declared that he had paid for additional seats on the vehicle in order to take between six to eight artists with him on the trip. These artists will be asked to create something after they return to Earth, and then these masterpieces will inspire the dreamer within all of us, Mezawa said during an announcement at SpaceX headquarters in California. Now it seems that one of those seats will be going to whomever wins this contest. I bet you him and his girlfriend is going to claim the back seat, if you know what I mean. (laughs) If I was him, I'd be like, you know, we're going to... This is, we're, we're just going to need two seats. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's hit that thousand mile high club. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it goes on to say that he is the founder of uh, Japan's largest online retailer, Zozo Town. Zozo Town. He is worth two billion. Wow. So he's That's an impressive. avid. He's an avid art collector. Good way to launder money. I understand. <laughs> He recently broke the record for most retweeted tweet after announcing that he would split a billion yen between a random group of a thousand people who shared his tweet about the contest. What? Now, I'm assuming... I always thought those were fake. <laughs> you know? I'm assuming it's the contest that is, that's trying to find him a girlfriend, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I guess so. Split a billion yen between a thousand people. So what would that's that be? That's not a billion be dollars, like, but that's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. That would be, what, a million? Isn't there a thousand millions in a billion? I don't math so good. <laughs> You're well, talking to the wrong person. I've never thought I would be rich enough to learn that type of conversion. Right. But yeah, that's still pretty good. I would take it. But I always thought those were fake, man. I got a text last night that <laughs> Jeff Bezos was trying to give away free money. You know? Right. I didn't click the link, though. Because <laughs> that's how they get your information. Exactly. That's how they get you. <laughs> yes. You know? They hack into your phone and they would steal my Subway Surfer game I've been playing for two years. Yeah. Yep. Which, by the way, I'm pretty good at Subway Surfer. I don't want to brag, <laughs> you know, but I would just about go up against anybody head to head. All right. All right. I'm number two out of all of my Facebook friends. Nice. Yeah. And I'm going to break the number one record. And when I do, I'm just going to walk away top of my game, you know, John Elway style. Uh, it says here that the 44-year-old billionaire notes on his website that after two decades of running a company, he now wants to share his life with someone. Yeah. As feelings of loneliness and emptiness slowly begin to surge upon me. Understand. There's one thing that I think about, continuing to love one woman, mm-hmm. he writes. That's important. Mezawa said that he was originally embarrassed to take part in the documentary, but he is now hopeful that he'll find his life partner. With that future partner of mine, I want to shout our love and world peace from outer space. <laughs> world peace. He I keeps can... <laughs> throwing that in there. And I just got to tell you. Is him, he trying to win, like, Ms. America? <laughs> yeah. hey, buddy, I don't know that we're gonna ever going to reach world peace until the Lord comes back and does this whole work. You know? Yeah. I'm sorry. And I would have just, I mean, going out on a limb here. Maybe a reality show is not the best place to find the love of your life. Well, I was just fixing to say, I can think of no better way <laughs> to find true love than a reality TV right. competition. I watched some of The Bachelor the other night yeah. with Deidre because, you know, I'm a good husband. Well, those those relationships always work out, right? The guy that's on it now, his name's Pete. Okay. Okay. Not Mayor Pete. No, not Mayor Pete. A different That's Pete. a whole different Bachelor. <laughs> he was he's just making out with girls left and right, which I was like... <laughs> That's pretty solid right there, you know? <laughs> but if I was one of the girls, I would not be cool with that at all, you know? You, I, well, I, I feel like that show, it becomes about winning the contest, sure. not about Finding the guy. Yeah. Maybe there's a lot of these women, they don't care he's making out with all these different girls. They want to win the show. I guess. They want to prove know. they're better than, they're a better bachelorette than all these other women, right? Right. Well, 
I mean, because then their stock's going to be way up right. when the show's over. In my personal experience, the times I've made out with a bunch of women, Deidre did not <laughs> like that at all. She was not on board. I did give her a rose, you know. <laughs> well, Deidre won the contest, she right? Did. She so. did. <laughs> Win or lose, depends on, depends on who you're asking here, you know. Yeah. She may not look at it so much as a win now. Yeah, she's like, this show's over, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, the show ended and John let himself go. Man, he let himself go. And how much did that cost us to make out with all those different girls? (laughs) I doubt it was free. (laughs) No. No, it's anyways. I wish I could go to the moon. And I would go. I would go on this reality show. Can we start a petition to get me on this Japanese reality show? I was just sitting here thinking, maybe we can sign you up. Now, I can't read Japanese. We're going to need somebody who can... Who can There's got to be somebody like, <laughs> hey, do we got to have an anime guy that listens to our show? You know? Yes. <laughs> I go there dressed in like one of those little sailor girl outfits, sailor moon outfits or whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, my brother. Oh, yeah. Right. That might be who we need to get on this. Yeah. I don't know how fluent his Japanese is. I do know he's watched a ton of animation Great. with subtitles. Great. And at one point, he even had Rosetta Stone. Oh, wow. And said he was going to learn Japanese. Now, I don't know nice. how far he went. Yeah, but... I remember him telling me that, too, one time he wanted to learn <laughs> yeah. it because it, he enjoyed anime and stuff. Yeah. So, Brad, we need you to sign John up for this reality competition. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I need to Photoshop my face on some hentai. <laughs> okay. Let's send those pictures in. <laughs> Oh, it's art, by the way. Okay, <laughs> well, hey, he's a he's a connoisseur. Exactly, he loves art. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, well, uh, anything else on this story we need to cover? I mean, it goes on, but I think we've covered all the yeah the important part. Is just he's having a reality show sure. to find a girlfriend to go to the moon. Right. Right. Yeah, and. I feel sorry for the artist going to be third wheeling on this whole thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> if he could like marry or find like Cardi B, then you got like a rapper and an artist <laughs> and a girlfriend all in one. All in one. Yeah. 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 I'm becoming a huge Cardi B fan, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh. I'm I'm down with Cardi. Can B. you name Can you name some of her songs now? Absolutely not. <laughs> I can't. Once I saw her campaign poster, I was all in on Cardi B. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, she does say that she doesn't agree with government. Yeah. So I'm like, neither do I. <laughs> right. I'm like, let's start our anarchist utopia right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's move along to our next story from Livonia, Michigan. We got a lot of Michigan listeners up there. And uh, bank calls cops on a man trying to cash check from a discrimination lawsuit. Okay. (laughs) A Michigan man is suing TCF Bank after he claims staff racially profiled him. Santori Thomas was trying to open a savings account and deposit checks, ironically, from a recent race discrimination lawsuit. Oh, no. According to the complaint, (laughs) the assistant branch manager wouldn't help him. Now, this is where we're at in America, okay? (laughs) A lot of us like to say, you know, racism's dead, all that. Right. Not true. Still alive and well in Michigan. All right? (laughs) This did not happen in Alabama. Just want to point that out, too. Okay? In Michigan, I need to get your act together. So instead of the guy, uh, Mr. Thomas, called the police 
or the branch manager called the police on Thomas who and accused him of trying to deposit a fraudulent check. Ten minutes later, Livonia police walked in and they said, hey, sir, can we talk to you? And I was shocked. I was like, who me? Said Mr. Thomas. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt in my mind they could have determined that on their own. I mean, call the bank that issued the check. Very valid point. <laughs> right? Yes, that's a good point. You're a bank. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Something else was afoot here. And in my opinion, there's only one thing, banking while black. <laughs> That's amazing. This yeah. dude's made an amazing opening <laughs> argument for his discrimination suit against this bank. You I know? mean, I guess if I'm this dude, I just get out my phone, hit redial on my lawyer. Yeah, and I'm exactly. Like, hey, hey, you want to go for two? Come meet me down here at the <laughs> bank right now. We're going to do it again. <laughs> the complaint says Thomas successfully deposited his checks at another bank, uh -huh. by the way. And TCF has apologized, saying they condemned racism and discrimination. They got a funny oh. way of showing it. <laughs> they got, he got you. Assistant branch manager's in a whole lot of trouble, you know? Probably <laughs> yes. finding a new job. Oh, right, rightfully so. <laughs> right. Uh, they added that they take extra precautions with large deposits and requests for cash. And in this case, they couldn't validate Thomas's check. So that's their official statement. I wonder how much that check was for. I don't know. I, I, granted, I've never, I've never had to cash a large check in my life. <laughs> Me so. either, right? Yeah, I've never, no, never had to cash a large check. Never been black either. So, <laughs> right. you know, I, I imagine in the world we live in, that might could cause some problems. But I'm glad he found another bank to go right. to because now he's going to have another large discrimination <laughs> check to be putting in, and they're already prepared. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's ridiculous that somebody would do this, by the way. You know, like, I don't know a whole lot about the banking industry. Mm -hmm. I've skirted the banking industry and banking laws most of my life. <laughs> uh, but I would imagine there's some uh, ways you can verify if a check's real or not. Yeah. Well, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it have, like, a security strip in it or something? That's what I always thought. And you could go. Yeah, or you, you just call the person. Yeah, right. You know, hey, the other yeah. bank or whatever. Right. I you have know? a three million dollar check here <laughs> made out to this guy and, yeah i mean because that's got to be like a like a cashier's check or something right i mean you're just not writing that out of your personal checkbook are you i i would i don't know i don't either i feel bad for the guy though that he had to deal with this yeah. but i'm also super happy that he's gonna sue the crap out of this bank you know? i trade exclusively in acoin yeah <laughs> odd coin by the way <laughs> odd coin with a beautiful otter on one side of the coin yes yeah but i'm glad he's just gonna he's gonna sue the crap out of this bank and imagine if you're like the bank president or whatever and you get the call from your assistant branch manager. You're like, like, you did what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you did what? Did you not call the other bank? You know? Yeah. It's just how it goes. And usually if you have a bad check, all right, you know, everybody runs these scams now. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I see something on Craigslist. I'm going to send you a check. It's going to be $500 more. I need you to cash it, wire $500 to me so I can pay my shippers or whatever. You right. Know? 
And then you, the old people <laughs> fall for this stuff, deposit the check, the check bounces, and then they're liable for it. So why mm-hmm. would you just not do it? I guess maybe because he was just getting some cash back from it too. That maybe you were like, well, I don't want to hand him a bunch of cash to walk out. I need a thousand dollars spending money. Right. <laughs> but outside of the check being from like a Nigerian prince, <laughs> why would you not take the proper steps to validate the check? Right. I don't know. I mean, that's your job. And right? call the law on the poor guy. <laughs> You know, that's the wildest thing. Let's make sure he's a evil criminal before we get the police involved. Exactly. So anyways, Michigan, your attempt to join the South has been denied. (laughs) Even we look down on you. That's right. That's right. I'm kidding to all our Michigan listeners, by the way. Just making light of it. Just making light of it. Oh, man. So nothing funny about racism, though. It's a problem we should handle in this country. You think at some point we would get to a uh, an understanding that hey, we're all created equal and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean just to be to to go serious here. Yes, it's really a problem that kind of bothers me as a white dude that people treat others this way. You know, so. I feel like you know, it just takes time. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that time heals all wounds. But True. what was it, MLK? We recently, you know, celebrated MLK Day. Right. And was was he assassinated in '68? I believe. I think so. Not that long ago. No, that's our parents' lifetimes. That's true. So that's true. It's just. I hope that my grandchildren, maybe they'll grow up in a world where most yeah. of this is gone. I don't think racism's ever completely going away. I think there's, yeah, it's I mean, kind of in our DNA, tribalism. Right. Yeah. I would say you but, can look simply using the Bible as a historical record. There's mm-hmm. been racism since the beginning of time, pretty yes. much. But also using the Bible and we claim to be a Christian nation, it's pretty hard to <laughs> <It> excuse <is. laughs> racism. You know? Yeah. Pretty hard. Absolutely. Pretty hard. Yeah. And, Speaking of the Southern Baptists, we got a kind of checkered past there, too. <laughs> we do. Right? Maybe why they're not inviting us to the convention. You know, <laughs> that's why we might bring that up to make fun of them. I will say that our former Southern Baptist uh, president was an African-American man. That's right. So absolutely. We've made Dr. Fred Luter. Yeah, we, we've made some uh, some strides. Listen to speak one night. He was amazing. <laughs> was was that at the gridiron? Were you there? Yeah, that's I right. I was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me and Andrew rode up together, uh-huh. separate from y'all, because we want to hang out with all the nerds <laughs> and sat up in the top. He was he was more entertaining than Tim Tebow. Yes. Which, shout out to Tim <laughs> Tebow, who got married this week. You know, I thought he had done got married. No, he just recently got just married. Just like this okay. week, got married. No longer a virgin. <laughs> Way to go, Tim! I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of wow. you. Married Miss Universe, by the way. <laughs> Tim Tebow, like you believe in God, you're a very strong Christian, and he rewards you by marrying Miss Universe. You know. Like, that's pretty amazing right there. That's some evidence. If you're out there sitting on the fence, like I don't know if I should get on board with God right. or not. Maybe there's a Miss Universe out there with your name on it. You think Tim Tebow could uh could maybe come back with, well, you know, Jacob, he waited 14 years and he got two wives. <laughs> <laughs> Easy time. He's not Mormon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke i know for our latter-day saint friends that's a joke okay? doctrinal humor yeah a little doctrinal humor the best here. humor it is it is <laughs> but yeah shout out to tim you know yes I'm, I'm happy for you buddy i'm sure you're happy you uh-huh. know yeah i'm sure you're happy i got a lot of jokes <laughs> i just can't tell them right now <laughs> well as you so eloquently put it racism is not funny but you know no. what is funny what cockfighting <laughs> 
have you ever been to a cock fight? I have not. I have. <laughs> I have. I now have. this is we're talking about roosters, right? Oh, I, I, was, was, <laughs> I was. Oh, sorry. It was a crazy night in college. I'm so sorry. I was. I was on a whole other path. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. my bad, my bad, my bad. My anyway, bad. we were just experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> you know how things are. Just trying to figure out what you like, what you don't like, and all that. Uh, it was sword fighting. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was woefully, uh, you know, underarmed. By the way. <laughs> but no, for real, I've been to a real cockfight. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, did anybody die? No, no one died. That wasn't a chicken. I don't even think any roosters died. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I thought the whole point was for them to kill each other. But. Well, they like first of all, if you just put two roosters together, they'll fight whether people are standing around betting money or right. not. You know? Because it's what they do. Yeah, it's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but these roosters were like, I don't know about cockfighting a lot, but I know people spend and invest a lot of money in their chickens. Right. So once one of them had got the better, they would call it off. But I wasn't there a very long time, <laughs> you know, yes. maybe watch two or three rounds. And I was like, hey, uh, you had to get home and listen to Grateful Dead Hour. Oh, you're right. I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm not white trash enough to be here. You know, that's basically what it is. Well, these roosters had knives attached to their. Sometimes <laughs> their, I do that. I've their heard. large talons. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I've heard of that. Yeah, and uh, one rooster he decided to slice and kill his owner. Oh wow! On his way to the fight, little Jerry Seinfeld. By the way, (laughs) that's a whole Seinfeld episode. Okay. Well, anyway, it says that a fifty-year-old man in India was killed when he was sliced in the neck by his own rooster while on the way to a cockfight, according to CNN. Uh, Now I can't even begin to say his name. It is Sharapali. Shanvin Keshwar Rao. I think you nailed it. <laughs> We're just going to call him uh, Sarah Pally from here on out. I would have went with Rao. If you're going to go with Sarah Pally, that's fine. <laughs> well, it's R A O, Rao. R A O, Rao? Rao. I don't know. That's what we're going to call him. Yeah. He is a father of three, so okay. This is sad, is, but is it though? I mean, <laughs> like if you're you play dad, stupid games, you get like, stupid prizes. It's always good to figure out early on that your dad is an idiot, you know, <laughs> instead of waiting until later on in life. If you have a dad that's an idiot, you know. Well, he died of a stroke after being transported to a hospital when he suffered the cut from a razor tied to the animal's claw. I prefer the word talon, by the way. Do the chickens have large talons? But <laughs> chickens have talons? <laughs> yes. But on January 15th, Officer Cranty Kumar said in the statement on CNN, the fatal injury occurred when the rooster tried to escape. Should have let him go. Yeah. Raul was from a village in Andhra Pradesh, a state located in the southeastern part of India, and frequently attended cockfights in the area. A centuries-old practice, cockfighting involves placing roosters in an enclosed pit and having them fight to the death, according to the Humane Society. The animals who survive after excruciating injuries, such as punctured lungs, broken bones, and pierced eyes, Because the handlers attach sharp steel blades to their rooster's legs, some have been killed when the bird inadvertently cuts them, the group said. Many countries have moved to outlaw the inhumane event, including in the United States, where it is a felony to participate in cockfights in 42 states. I'll take back everything I... Just go on record, I was making all of that up. Yep, nope, yep. Yep. <laughs> While cockfighting has been illegal in India for more than six decades, it remains a problem. People for Animals Foundation trustee Gauri Muda 
something. Dari <laughs> Muda. That's what he told us. I like that. It's my favorite cheese. <laughs> the offenses have been made very clear and explained to the district and the state authorities, but they choose to turn a blind eye towards it. I'm guessing this is something that's just been around for so long. They're yeah. just like, you know, hey, let them have their fun. Right. Yeah. It is not just for entertainment that these animals are made to fight, but it is also due to the heavy betting and gambling that goes on in the garb of these events. The cockfighting event Rao was to attend still went on as scheduled and resulted in no arrest. So, okay. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm not for animal cruelty at all. Right. You know, but I love fried chicken, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean... We're pretty much knocking them out left and right for that. Right. But no, I'm not advocating for cockfighting in any way. And, uh, well, especially when you tie knives to their feet. Right. And, and, you know, make them, I guess, deadlier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really what it is. I mean, I I would assume that a rooster, a rooster can beat another rooster to death. Roosters are no joke. (laughs) But it's going to have, it's going to, that fight's going to go a lot faster if it's got knives on its feet. If, yeah, I mean, have you ever been chased by a rooster? Uh, no, I've never. That's one of the most intimidating things that'll happen to a kid. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hello, Deidre. Welcome to the show. We're talking about cockfighting. <laughs> this is what Tiny and I do in here. <laughs> My wife had to get some shoes. <laughs> Did not want to be on the show, apparently. <laughs> apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm all for getting rid of cockfighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not for making like South Carolina change their mascot. <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. I think that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> now, the R words, maybe, you know, the Washington R words, I won't say they're real one. Maybe, right. maybe I can understand that, but I'm not getting too fired up for a chicken mascot, by the mm-hmm. way. So, and Jacksonville State, by the way, from Alabama, they're the Gamecocks too. Well, that's, that's a great mascot. Uh, great for sales when you can sell something legally that just says cocks on it, by the way. <laughs> yes. You know? I mean, that's merchandising money coming in. I want someone to sell the merchandise when they come to town and you're playing them. Oh, yeah. This is cocks. cocks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Chris Smelly for Tuscaloosa, yeah. he was a quarterback of South Carolina, and he got to start for a little bit, and they had shirts they were selling that said, my favorite cock is Smelly. <laughs> Now, that sounds dirty, but it's not, you know? That's amazing, though. Amazing. It is. It is. is. I would kill to have one of those shirts and wear it around town. Uh, I have a buddy who went to the Philippines, and he went to one, and he said that over there, when you know two gentlemen step up and, and sick their roosters on each other, the one that loses, like the other one gets to take it home and, and eat it for dinner. Oh, that's, that's just their tradition. That's pretty solid. You know? Right. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to feel sorry for a chicken, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, let's get down to it. But at We're the same shoving time, them into chicken houses and stuff and everything. But at the same time, it's hard to feel bad for this dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel bad for him at all. <laughs> you know, like you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. That's just <laughs> yes. the way it goes, you know? <laughs> Hate that his kids are going to grow up without a father, mm-hmm. but also glad that his kids are going to grow up without an idiot raising <laughs> them, you know? We don't tie knives to chicken's yeah. talons. This is what happens. For the exact same reason we don't put laser beams on shark's heads, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Got another racial story here. Okay. Big, big racist day in <laughs> Earth Oddity here. Had a lot of stories this week. The Miami Police Department suspends a white officer who begins identifying as black. 
<laughs> you can't do that. No, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, a controversial Miami cop was suspended with pay after he argued at a Miami City Commission meeting last week that he identifies as a black male despite his Caucasian complexion. <laughs> we can confirm that Captain Jay Ortiz... Ortiz is not a very Caucasian name. I just throw that out there. He could, he may he may have gotten away if he would identify as Latino. Yeah, right. Maybe he would go the Hispanic route here, buddy. Uh, has been relieved of duty with pay. City spokesman Michael Vega wrote in an email to the Miami New Times. Vega would not divulge why he benched the former chief of the local fraternal order of police. But Ortiz' recent public comments to the commission, coupled with the lengthy history of controversy, leaves little to the imagination. Now, before I read any more of this article, <laughs> right. I'm going to tell you what's happening here. This guy's been out here throwing around the N-word all willy-nilly, and somebody called him. And now he's like, no, it's cool. I'm I'm black, guys. <laughs> you know? Right. I'm just saying that. I can use your word because I'm one of yeah, you. Yeah, right. Yeah, gotcha. No, no, I'm, I'm just like you. Uh, <laughs> Ortiz faced criticism for identifying as a black man on lieutenant and captain exams for quicker promotions, and he came to the commission last Friday to defend his actions. All right, so he was <laughs> he was he was affirmative actioning. He was jumping on the affirmative action <laughs> thing. I am a black male. He told commissioners to sneers from the crowd. Yes, I am. Oh wow, this is a bold strategy. <laughs> you know, very bold. Ortiz appears white, but he argued race isn't about appearance. I am not Hispanic. I was born in this country, he said. That's how I feel. I have a question for you, he said. So you classify yourself today as a black male. That was Chairman Keon Hardman, who was uh, chairman of the city council. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ortiz said. He said, when you applied for the police department, did you classify yourself as a black male or a white male at a time? Ooh, let's question. go dig up. Let's go dig up the resume. <laughs> That's a solid question. <laughs> let's go you. dig up the job application. <laughs> he said, I think I put white male, Ortiz said. Well, I know I put white male, but I don't know if I put Hispanic. That's true. There is a Hispanic, yeah. you know, it's like a white Hispanic or whatever uh, on some applications. <laughs> he should have said, well, the reason I put that on there is because you crackers weren't hiring folks like us back then. <laughs> First of all, I didn't think you could legally ask race on an application anyways. I, it may I be not, different for I like the police I have not filled department. out an application in so long. I have no idea. I know that we don't have it on ours. Okay. You know, because that gives you the opportunity to discriminate based on race <laughs> well i remember when i was in high school yeah. you know i filled out my first job application for jitney jungle yeah i know all about jitney jungle. <laughs> i remember it was on their application oh, yeah? or maybe it wasn't the application maybe it was when you actually sign up like you're, when yeah. they employ you yeah maybe there's a box that you check on there i'm, I'm not yeah, sure i think on your i9 but it was on there somewhere there at some point i had to identify myself right yeah. As a uh as a black man. <laughs> no. For those who haven't seen no. Tiny, he's a black man. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> what what's wrong with being black, Tiny? Nothing. Whoa, whoa, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> Look, whoa. I identify as a Martian, okay? Uh, okay. I'm not even from this planet. <laughs> You could identify as Bigfoot and get away with it, you know? Like, maybe you should from now on. You're like, I am Bigfoot. Like, when just for people who haven't seen pictures of me and Tiny, you can go to our Instagram, check it out, whatever. We're both active in the Facebook group. You can find us. Yeah. But if you haven't any avenue to do that, just picture what you would imagine Goliath looking like <laughs> in, of 
from David and Goliath, a biblical story, and that is tiny. He is a massive human being. Yeah. He dwarfs me, you know? I still think back of that picture we had when we went and saw Wilts for Mississippi Public Radio, and it looks like I am a dwarf besides <laughs> sitting beside Tiny. It's amazing. I'm impressed. I'm not saying this in jest in any way. I wish I had your size, you know? We should go as Master Blaster we Fall totally Festival. Could. We totally could. This year. I wanted to drop some weight if you could carry me around. <laughs> Anyways, so he went on to say, listen, I know who I am, but it's also, and he Another commissioner cut in, Joe Carrillo, and said, you put down Hispanic male. He said, okay, as a man, I stand by, Ortiz said. <laughs> the brazenness <laughs> that he is doing this with is amazing. He said, uh, when did you have this, uh, you know, coming to God moment that you were black, Carrillo pressed? Uh, when did God tell you that? Yeah. And uh, Ortiz responded, well, I learned that there's some people in my family that are mixed and that are black, Ortiz said. I, this is, he probably did a 23andMe DNA test. <laughs> He's pulling an Elizabeth Warren here. <laughs> <laughs> I see, Carrillo said. Let's not talk about the degree of blackness, Hardman said. <laughs> oh, no. You're blacker than me. That's obvious, Ortiz said. <laughs> and if you know anything about the one drop rule, which started in the 20th century. Oh, no. Which is what identifies and defines what a black male is. Uh, you would know that if you have one drop of black in you, you are considered black. He did not just say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. No, he continues. You're probably black, too, Joe, Ortiz told Carrillo. Oh, no. He also alleged half of my family is Jewish. You probably didn't know that either. <laughs> Why are we just wild? Like, we're all amalgamations, you know? There's very few, like, straight line You're on, right, on right. either side of any race. Well, ever since the invention of uh, transcontinental travel, yeah, we have right. increasingly become more and more and more one people. Right, yeah. Now, yeah. there's still some stark differences between us, but yeah, you take a 23andMe DNA test and you're going to find out just how varied right. your ancestors were. Just recommend don't send your saliva into the internet. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't, I don't have a conspiracy theory for that or anything. I just think that's very weird, you know? Right. Like, hey, I'm just sending my spit off to some stranger that I don't even know. Yeah. I say do it because okay. there's no other way we're ever going to know who the Zodiac killer was if you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, if you're great, great, well, he couldn't be your great, great, but if, if your granddad was the Zodiac killer, <laughs> we need to know. We need to know about your granddad and what he was doing. <laughs> well, you'd be glad to know that commissioners dismiss Ortiz after his five minutes of public comment expired. And Carrillo offered his assessment. Mr. Ortiz claims that he's black. Now we hear Jewish black, he said. <laughs> I'm afraid maybe next month it'll be, you know, a black Jewish woman. I don't know. <laughs> so a lot of people are mad online, understandably. He's had 50 investigations for the CIP, which is the Police Oversight Committee. Mm -hmm. So apparently he hadn't been the best cop either, you know. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, for him to make assertions that he's a black and not Hispanic is an outright lie. And as a law enforcement officer, he should be standing for truth and representing truth. Mr. Reuben Roberts, who's the president of the Miami-Dade County NAACP said, and I have to agree with that. 
black officers are underrepresented as lieutenants, and he knew that and lied to get a promotion, Sergeant Stanley Jean Poy said. We're insulted, and it's disrespectful to black officers of the police department. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Right. But just the sheer amount of uh, testicular fortitude this guy <laughs> has to stand up in front of people and say that. His picture's in the article. You have yeah, to I check hope his address is public. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I, they have to know where he is down there. Uh, there's some videos in here. This dude's as white as I am. Right. You know? So... I don't know what he's going to do now. He'll probably end up like on some police department, pull me over someday after listening to this. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely not black. Definitely not cool to do. So, no, no, not at all. Well, we've talked about racism. Let's talk about ageism, shall we? Okay. A struggling Minnesota church is asking its older parishioners to leave in hopes of making it more attractive to young families. Oh, okay. I don't know about you, but I can't stand all the old people at our church. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. That is a joke. <laughs> it's a joke, everybody. None of them know how to download a podcast. Fortunately. Right. Yeah. I hope, I hope yeah. not. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting uh, theory. I will say one time before we joined Carroll's Creek, Deidre and I went to the church behind Kmart. What's mm-hmm. that called? Northwood Hills Baptist oh, Church. I know. Yeah. And at that time. Right up from the snow cone. Yeah. Stand. Yeah. yeah. At that time, I don't know how it is now. It was all old people. <laughs> right. I mean, a hundred percent. Like we were the youngest people there and they all, you know how old people love to talk to a new person. Right. In the church. Well, they doted over us. <laughs> And, and you're like, can I talk to the children's minister? And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But looking back at it, man, you know their covered dish suppers were awesome. I bet they were. I mean, they were <laughs> solid. Youth group's a bit lacking. Yeah, youth group's <laughs> a bit lacking. We didn't have any kids in either, so. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was before we even had Thomas. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that was a long time. It was 15 years ago, I bet. Hmm. We were just moving out on this side of town. Well, anyway, it says that Grove United Methodist Church in Cottage Grove is closing in June with plans to relaunch in November. The present members, most of them over 60, will be invited to worship elsewhere. The St. Paul Pioneer Press reported. I don't think this is a good move. That's terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Jeremy Marindering for posting this up in the group, by the way. Yeah. I pray for this church getting through this age discrimination thing. William Graxetter said at church on a recent Sunday as the gray haired heads around him nodded in agreement. <laughs> you know, whoever wrote this article, you probably could have just put the people yeah. nodded in agreement. Yeah. I like the imagery, though. <laughs> yeah, he did paint a picture. That's right. Lead pastor Dan Weatherstrom said to NPR News that the church is not asking older members to leave the congregation, but church officials said the congregation needs a reset and the best way to appeal to younger people. The Grove United Methodist Church is the product of a 2008 merger with a larger church in Woodbury. The Cottage Grove Church has struggled with membership and finances. Seven years ago, Methodist officials said that they could no longer pay for its minister, so the church switched to lay ministry with weekly sermons by members. The church's attendance and finances have stabilized recently with an average weekly attendance of 25. But Cottage Grove is growing quickly and the church should be growing with it, said Weatherstrom. The Methodist regional body is paying $250,000 to restart the church. Wetterstrom said they have hired a specialist in starting new churches. 32-year-old Jeremy 
Jeremy Peters and you know move. he's got some skinny jeans. On. <laughs> I bet he does. You know he does. And he's got shirt. his he's got his acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah. He brew tattoos somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yep. He moved to Cottage Grove with his wife and three children for the relaunch, probably in November. It's a new thing with a new mission for a new target and a new culture. He said. The older members will not be physically barred from attending, Peter said, but the expectation is that they won't. We are asking them to let this happen. For this to be truly new, we can't have the core group of 30 people. I would say you really need a core group of at least 30 people. That's just my opinion. Uh, The members of the church have other options. They can come to Woodbury during this phase. Stella and John Knapp of Cottage Grove were the only members with children at the recent service, and they hate the plan. If it happened, I wouldn't come here anymore, said Stella Knapp, 34. As six-year members, the couple loves the church and said they didn't mind being the youngest members. This church has been very kind to us and our children. So, Well, I would say there are, are... Huge advantages to having a multi generational church, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't. I'm not on board with this plan. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going on record right now. I hate it. Right. I hate it. And I can understand you have a church that's struggling with membership, but what you should do with that membership is formulate a plan to draw in people mm-hmm. to come in, and we should all, whatever age we are, be able to step back and go, hey. I may not like the dude in skinny jeans up here playing the guitar or whatever and not singing any of the old hymns that we liked and we ain't sung the doxology in, (laughs) you know, six years or whatever. But I understand that this is needed to grow our church and reach people for Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think what you should do at all is say, hey, old people, you're not going to like it, so you probably need to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think everything they're doing is fine up to the point where they say, Hey, all you old folks, get get out out of here. here. We don't like the old person smell. We want, you know, young, attractive people to come here. We, yeah, you aren't going to be able to help us redo our stage with pallet boards and stuff. (laughs) 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 I I don't understand it. And I will say one of the biggest things that drew us to our church is that there were multi generations that we had older people, we had younger people. And the amount of blessings you get from people mm-hmm. who are further along their walk with in faith than I am has been immense. Right. There is a tendency, I think, for people, especially in our age group, to want to congregate together and do yes. things the way we want to do them, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm probably the exception because I hate contemporary Christian music. <laughs> I've been on the record as saying that. I don't like it at all. Right. You, all you've really done is made really bad rock and roll music, <laughs> and it's horrible. <laughs> but I'm also big enough to realize that uh, most everybody else might right. like that, and more people need to be like that, mm-hmm. even if you're an older person or whatever but i think that it's doing a huge disservice this like and not only in this case but just in church in general that a lot of times people in our age group tend to just shun everything Mm -hmm. traditionally that's ever happened and then you miss out not necessarily on the traditions i mean we don't have to sing the doxology or whatever even though that's sound doctrine that everyone should know Mm -hmm. you know i mean not necessarily know how to sing it but the lessons that are in the doxology that we're shunning it to repeat the same chorus over and over again and have fog <laughs> machines and lights because yeah. I enjoy, you know, people are like, well, I really enjoy that. Well, there's nothing wrong with enjoying it, uh-huh. you know, but we should also take into consideration that some people may not enjoy it. 
I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going. With well, this. think of like all the wisdom. Yeah, exactly. That's leaving the church. I don't know where I heard this, but someone said that every time an elderly person passes away, it's like setting fire to a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. Right. Yeah. Now, I didn't take the time to tell this person that we use Wikipedia now, <laughs> but I still get their point. Right. You know? No. Yeah. Well, that's what I'd say, you know, like uh, a person, I'm trying to think of somebody older in our church. I wouldn't even consider Ralph to be that much older. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but Ralph is an amazing person. And Ralph has had a ton of life experiences that yes. I have not experienced yet. You know, he's got grown children, all of that. Mm-hmm. And to be able to lean on a man like Ralph or Mike Hogue or Stan Acker or any of those people is a huge advantage for me Mm -hmm. as a guy who has kids that are just now getting into their teens Mm -hmm. and, and a little below that. Just to just to say, hey, how did you deal with these problems that are arising? And how did you deal with Alan? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and all of that, you know, or like Mike's children are angels. So, like, how did you get your children to be angels? <laughs> right. You know, and uh, you know how did how do you manage life and your relationships and all of that? And how did you do that in a godly manner? Mm-hmm. And or was lose. there maybe times maybe you wished you had been a little bit more godly than yeah, you were? Right. Yeah. You know, because we can learn just as much from mistakes as we can from, from people who did things right. And you lose all that if you go into a church with everybody's the same age. Yes. That's all I'm trying to You say. got everyone trying to figure everything right. out. No one who's been there. And plus your kids grow up to, I think, you know, like I learned to interact with old people at mm-hmm. church as a kid. Now, mm-hmm. the church I grew up in was extremely small and I was related to most of the people there. <laughs> But I can now, as an adult, you know, have a conversation with someone who is 40 years older than me and with no problem at all. And I could do the same thing when I was 20, you mm-hmm. know, and I learned all that from having little old ladies teach me in Sunday school and, right, you know, ask me how baseball season was going or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those conversations, I mean, just a real, real world practical applications, it's huge, too, you know? Mm hmm. And you realize the struggles that older people go through when they get uh, to the age to where they're not in good health and a lot of their support system has either moved on or passed away or whatever. And you form some really great bonds. Mm -hmm. Anyways, not to mention you start getting like random Facebook messages. True. Like I get a forward this at least (laughs) once or twice a week for some fellow church members. I get gifts that make absolutely no sense, no kind of context whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. And I'll say like uh, Brenda Brenda Haney at our church gives Libby stuff all the time, loves her to death. And Libby loves her. And that's a great thing Mm -hmm. to have, you know. So somebody played all this for the people up here in the Methodist church and tell them that they're wrong for doing right. this. I'm appalled by it, mm-hmm. you know, that they would do this. Sorry. I got a little serious there, <laughs> but it bothers me, you know, <laughs> yes. cause I see our, tr- our faith across all denominations trending to, we just want to be around people that are like us. Right. You know, mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean they're not helping people who are unlike them. You mm-hmm. know, they're going and ministering in communities or whatever, but it's ridiculous, in right. my opinion, and it can hurt a lot of things. We've seen it happen on a certain degree at our church. We have. You know, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, and it bothers me. And, you know, one thing that I I, I can't stand is when people, 
I don't know if people in other parts of the country use this term, but like the term click is yeah. in like the idea that you have one group of people around you and you don't associate with anyone outside right. your social yeah. circle. I never want to be in a, a group like that. Right. I always now I understand that just because of limitations in, you know, time and even technology, I can't be friends with every single person in the world. Sure. But I want to make every attempt to be the same person to everyone. Granted, I'm probably putting my best foot forward on this show, <laughs> but I, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to ever think, oh, that's tiny and he only hangs out with such and such right. or he only does stuff with this, these yeah. people. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be like that. I would say that too. I am socially awkward <laughs> in a lot of ways, <laughs> yes. you know? So I'm not the best at going up and, and being like, hey, how you doing today? And right. all that. Because uh, I'm always of the opinion that everyone is like me and just wants to be left alone. You know? <laughs> right. And so that's not always the best thing. And I recognize my <laughs> shortcomings. Yeah. But uh, I think that we've moved, uh, especially in our church, a lot away from the, any type of cliques that we right. may, or, may or may not have had. Mm -hmm. Or at least the perception of that. Yeah. Because that isn't good at all. No. Well, let's talk about something serious. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Parking lot poopers. Okay. <laughs> yes. Natick police. I guess that's how you say it. Natick uh -huh. or Natick police arrest parking lot pooper. The suspect is accused of eight incidences. Oh, wow. And let me just say all time mugshot picture. <laughs> all time. Please check the show notes. Somebody put this up in the Facebook group too. But, uh, or you, so you can go there. I think it was Wilts. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it may have been Wilts. I don't know. Or Stan. Uh, but all time, all time best. <laughs> Looks like she's still got to go in this. You know? Yes. Uh, it looks like they took her mugshot in the act. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> At first, they thought it was an animal, but then they noticed toilet paper and other wipes. Just Items like would not have access. Animals would not have access to. <laughs> I can't read now. I can't read. It's just like the teacher. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, like she's bringing, you know, toiletries. At least eight times since early December, the owner of Natick Outdoor Store made an unpleasant discovery when he arrived at work. A pile of human feces. <laughs> As, you know that's going to be a great day yeah. <laughs> when that's the first thing that happens. On Wednesday, Natick police <clears throat> arrested Andrea F. Grocer, 51, of Ashland in the parking lot of the store at 38 North Avenue, uh, where they found her getting ready to use it as a toilet once again, authorities said. I'm so happy they arrested her, said Natick Outdoor Store owner Henry Canner. I have no idea who she is. This has been ongoing. She has defecated quite often over here. There's nothing more disgusting than coming into your parking lot in the morning and seeing a pile of human excrement. Agreed. That's 100% agreed. Mm -hmm. Grocer's lawyer described her as a pillar of the community <laughs> and said she works full-time during her arraignment at the Natick District Court on Wednesday. Police spokeswoman, L Lieutenant Kara Rossi, no word if she's black or white, <laughs> uh, said police began investigating the incidents last month after Canner reported repeatedly finding the feces in his parking lot. Imagine getting that stakeout duty. Man. You know, like you got to go sit and wait for somebody to start pooping. At first, they thought it was an animal. But then it had to be like a German Shepherd or something, you know. <laughs> but then they noticed toilet paper and other whites. Items animals would not have access to, Rossi said. 
The incidences were caught on camera, but the vehicle's license plate hadn't been captured in the scene. Rossi said police had been doing extra patrols at the store in an effort to identify the excrement vandal, and they caught Grocer in the parking lot at 6.51 a.m. But Rossi and Cantor said that they have no idea why Grocer would defecate in the lot. Cantor said he does not know her and does not know of any connection to him or the store. I can't figure out why anyone would do that, Cantor said. Police charge Grocer of 20 Blue Jay Lane just put her address on blast (laughs) (coughs) with eight counts of wanton destruction of property. And I'm not saying people in this neighborhood should go poop in her yard, but maybe you should go poop in her yard. (laughs) I'm not saying you shouldn't do it either. That's right. Grocer was released without bail after an attic district court arrangement on Wednesday, and she is due back in court on March 2nd for a pre-trial conference. Hmm. So, once again, people are just pooping out in the open. I know. You know? Like, I've it had, seems inconvenient. Like, yeah. I don't know why you would do that. I don't either. Unless, like, maybe you had a high-fiber breakfast, <laughs> yes. chased it down with a couple of cups of coffee, and it just hits you, you know? But it seems like there's probably- after the first time, I'm like, I need to rearrange my schedule here. Yes. You know? I need to be able to take an extra 15 steps right. to yeah. the bathroom right. yeah. that's inside the building. It's like stop at a convenience store yeah. or something. Right. Right. Maybe she's like anti-outdoor you know, store like guns and hunting and stuff, and this is her protest. I don't I know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> out theories here. But- I would hope that all the listeners, our millions of listeners that we have, (laughs) millions and millions of listeners on both podcasts and terrestrial radio, (laughs) allegedly, wouldn't be this type of people to do this, to just poop in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah. If I catch you pooping in my parking lot, we're going to have some words. I'm going to rub your nose in it. (laughs) You're going to get the BB gun. (laughs) Yes, right. I'm going to rub your nose in it like a dog. (laughs) I'll make you clean it up. All right, John. Well... We got one more story here, and this is this is a good story. Okay. We all need heroes, right? We do. We need people to look up to. We do. Who's, who's your hero? Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. <laughs> I would have went with Jesus, but whatever. <laughs> but whatever. Some of us are closer to him than others. That's fine. Sergeant Slaughter. Well, anyway, uh, a group of furries stopped a domestic violence assault, and they helped police make an arrest. Maybe better than Jesus. <laughs> Not the heroes they expected, but the heroes they needed. That's right. Yes. <laughs> they they came through in the clutch. Said several members attending a furry convention in California on Friday helped restrain a man who was assaulting his girlfriend until police arrested him, according to officials. Six people witnessed the assault at the annual Further Convention, or FurCon, in San Jose. <laughs> Furries are enthusiasts who celebrate characters and stories involving anthropomorphic animals or fictitious characters that have human traits. Okay. Kind of like Howard the Duck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) They said that the man was assaulting a woman in a car, the San Jose Police Department said in in a police report. Robbie Ryans, 26, was working as a DJ for the convention when he and a friend went outside for a smoke break. Out of nowhere... Ryan said that a blue car stopped in front of them. We heard a woman's screams coming from inside and saw the passenger throwing full fist at whoever was driving. We got up and we ran towards the car. My friend pulled open the door and we both held on to the attacker. The girl driver was yelling for him to get out as he started trying to fight us off. But then... 
like the Avengers assemble, okay? <laughs> Four other people who were attending the convention decked out in full oh, furry gear, furry regalia. Someone call them mascots. <laughs> Joined in and helped grab the man, drag him out of the car, and then restrain him until police arrived. Wow. Once he felt the situation was under control, Ryan said that he backed up and he began filming the incident. When police arrived, they alleged that the suspect, 22-year-old Dimitri Hardnant, assaulted his girlfriend in their car. According to the police report, Hardnant was arrested and booked into Santa Clara County Jail for domestic violence. CNN could not determine if he has a lawyer. It happened so fast, I still can't believe it, Ryan said. I'm so glad everything worked out in the end. It was a horrible sight to see. Afterward, we were all shaken up, but relieved. But this is great, because these four people... Yeah. Like, like there's this uh, there's this pink dinosaur, like, sitting on him, like, holding him down until police get there. Yeah. And then there's, like, another uh, monkey guy grabbing onto him. Well... That's pretty good. I was thinking, you know, when you started out the story, imagine getting booked to DJ at the furry convention. You know, like our buddy Squirrel, he's a DJ. Imagine getting that booking. Like you show up, you don't even really know what it is. Yeah. You start spinning some tunes. Next thing you know, you're at a furry convention. You would have to step out and take a smoke break. Every once in a while, you're just like, I've seen some things in here. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that the furries were there to help <laughs> yeah. subdue the su suspect. Yeah. I mean, okay, imagine you're the suspect, all right? Yeah. And you're not a good look. You're beating on your woman. Right. And then all of a sudden the car door opens and four anthropomorphic animals pull you out of the car and begin holding you down. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, I bet you this woman was like, that's what you get. Get him, dinosaur. Yeah. Get him, monkey man. <laughs> yes. You go, Bubbles. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's, I tell you, that's wild. Good for the furries. You wouldn't expect yes. furries to they be the one. They don't get a lot of good press. Right. So yeah. they deserve every bit of this. To rush to the aid of a damsel in distress. <laughs> right. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't think of that. But I'm glad. It's good PR for the furry community. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine the smell of a furry convention. <laughs> you know? Well, it probably smells like Febreze, don't it? I guess. You know them things are hot, though. <laughs> like a mascot outfit's hot, right? Well, nowadays, don't they, like, build fans in them and stuff to, to keep I you guess. cool? How much is it going to help if you're, like, dancing to the <laughs> well, grapevine out on the dance floor or whatever? I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> I'm just saying. You get them playing back that thing up on the dance floor and somebody's going to be sweating. You know? you know, doing an odd news show or doing an odd news podcast, I should say, I've done a little bit of research <laughs> and I've learned that it is uh, it's customary for furries to have a, a furry alter ego. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Like, it's not just a costume you wear, but online, you are, you become this furry You're like, anthropomorphic animal right, yes. yeah whatever i'm curious what yours is mine i thought you were very are you not very active in the furry community i thought you I've were dabbled okay I've dabbled did you what was your alter ego or can you not tell us i don't i don't want to get into those details <laughs> on air yeah. okay somebody might find my profile at furries.com <laughs> yeah mine was bowser but then i got a cease and desist from nintendo of america saying i couldn't do that anymore so it's not now they got to protect their brand. <laughs> <You know? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I got one last story I'll here. just say the Turtle Dragon was very popular at Vertcon. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got one last story here. May not want to let your kids listen to it if they're around. <laughs> Are you familiar with TikTok? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know all about TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have TikTok on your phone? Of course I do. I don't have it on my <laughs> phone, but I know about TikTok. <laughs> this article comes from Gizmodo, and the headline, I'm just going to read it straight out. TikTok teens are dipping their balls in soy sauce and lighting their houses on fire. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know which one, which part of that is most disturbing. <laughs> but I have a teen, and he has TikTok on his phone. So <laughs> he has not let. I don't know if the soy sauce is still in the fridge now to think about it. So I might need to do an investigation. <laughs> you might want to get your own soy sauce. <laughs> Typically, blog posts open with a broad statement establishing a thesis, which the writer then substantiates with evidence in order to make a point. In exceptional cases, there's just information so senseless that it needs no interpretation. In others, the writer isn't positioned to take a stance on an issue when it's better interpreted by a member of the community it affects. Who am I, in my capacity as a staff reporter and as a person without balls, females writing this, <laughs> to determine whether it is weird to dip your balls in soy sauce to see if they can taste it. And that's the whole thing. They say, hey, if you dip your balls in soy sauce, that you can taste it. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, I got kicked out of Chinese buffet trying to try this this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and before I got a chance, they kicked me out. <laughs> Disappointing, to say the least. I would like to apologize to the staff at Hong Kong Buffet. Okay. I was out of order, but I was doing it for science. I knew the story was coming this week. <laughs> to repeat, ball-having TikTok users are dipping their balls in soy sauce to see if they can taste it. Apparently, the users have been reading Business Insider, which reported in 2013 on a study finding that not only the mouth, but also several parts of the body, including the stomach, lungs, brain, and testicles, have taste receptors that are sensitive to umami, whatever that is. Umami. Umami. Yes. You know what that is? Yes. It's a, uh, like, we have... Salty, sweet, sour, yeah. and bitter. Yeah. Those are like the four main uh, tastes yeah. that you can taste stuff. Right. Well, now that we've discovered a fifth one, it's called umami. Okay. So All right. Kind of a musky, earthy taste. Uh, let's say the Business Insider piece defines it as the amino acid taste of soy sauce. A citizen scientist expert <laughs> explains the logic behind his TikTok experiment, uh, which we're not going <laughs> to recreate. I'm going to say it's on, it's on the internet if you want to see it. <laughs> There's nudity rules that says here or here that they can't, they can't do it. Had inquiring minds read further into the study, they would have learned that receptors function inside the balls, not on the exterior. <laughs> okay. Uh, in order to sense sweet and umami flavors, critical is that how you say? It? How did you say it? No, that's it. You got it. it. I'm, I'm just I'm just... laughing at the the visual here. <laughs> flavors critical to in identifying and compounding proteins <laughs> in the generation of sperm. In a refresher on how such receptors work, Popular Science reports. Even if the receptors do end up on the surface, dipping your giblets in soy sauce, this is from Popular Science, by the way, wouldn't enable you to taste them because there aren't cranial nerves connected to your balls. Now, I always thought your brain was connected to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you lack the proper brain testicle connection to actually taste things. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. 
but teens willing, willing to arguably stand in direct violation of TikTok's underage delinquent behavior ban take orders <laughs> from neither scientists nor authorities, as proven by another trend, arson. Okay. Prompted by a report from a concerned mother at an incident in a high school, which is in Massachusetts, Fire Marshal Peter J. Ostrowski addressed an advisory to all heads of fire departments uh, describing the content. It involves using the plug part of a phone charger, partially inserting it into a wall outlet, and then sliding a penny down the wall onto the exposed plugs. <laughs> what an What these people are idiots. <laughs> the result is sparks, electrical system damage, and in some cases, fire. Okay. So I ba- can see Thomas trying that. <laughs> basically, t- uh, Tide Pods yeah. for 2020. Yes, right. right. Okay. In addition to the above information, Fox News is also disgusted to report that TikTok pioneers are using each other's mouse as cereal bowls. <laughs> the blogger goes on to say, just reporting the news here, I'm not condoning any of the TikTok challenges because challenges are bad and dumb and often perilous. But from a purely analytical standpoint, a willingness to put your balls on the line for views suggests platform growth. (laughs) (laughs) Only months after Vine became the most downloaded app from the App Store did teens begin smacking each other in the face. You didn't see teens eating Tide Pods on Google+. Plus, (laughs) (laughs) Nor did we hear of people crashing their cars blindfolded on Bebo. Also, I, w- I would like to point out that none of those platforms exist anymore. That's true. So. If you show up to the hashtag soy sauce challenge, balls in hand, and there are no <laughs> fo- fellow challengers or witnesses to participate, have you actually qualified as a challenger? Or are you just a guy alone in your kitchen fooling around with your balls? <laughs> That's pretty much me every morning <laughs> as I make my coffee. Back up. What was the thing about cereal? I've seen this. Okay. I'm I'm very woke on TikTok, by the way, to have not to not have it on my phone. Okay. Say it's me and you. Uh-huh. I would lay down, open up my mouth, put dry cereal in it, you would pour in the milk, and then you would take a spoon and get a bite out of it. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I've I've heard that if you dip your balls in cereal, you can taste it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next challenge right there. <laughs> And so my question to the audience is, is does Earth Oddity need a TikTok? Like, is there a demand out there for Earth Oddity to have a TikTok? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, but I will. I would like to hear from the audience. I would like to hear from the audience on this. Right. Because I will. I'll dip my balls in soy sauce if the audience demands it. Okay. I love Chinese food. I don't understand. I don't don't know how that would work either. But uh, my wife was once dipped in chocolate and I could taste it. (laughs) I actually, I draw the line. I draw the line at food in the bed. Okay. That's how you get mice. Yeah, that's right. And crumbs and stuff all in your sheets and everything. It's just not good enough for me, you know? So I can have fun without food in the bedroom. But I would do this for science. And once again, I want to apologize to people at the Hong Kong Buffet down here on the corner of 69 and McFarland Boulevard. That's, that's on me, okay? I thought everybody would be cool with it. Oh, mercy. We want to thank our sponsor, World Famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, for their support. 
Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order the spice and the Cajun Curl cutter for potatoes right there on CajunCurl.com. It was created on the Evangeline Parish, or it, on the El Bayou in Evangeline yes. Parish. I was excited because I found out that the Evangeline <laughs> Parish is named after Evangeline, the Henry Wadsworth Longfellow poem, Evangeline, which is about an Arcadian girl. So okay. I just thought I'd throw that in there. A little history lesson for everybody out there. Nice. And it's a seasoning. Cajun Curl is a seasoning that can go on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl by you with the spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and this new TikTok challenge, the Cajun <laughs> Curl Challenge. I go on other parts of you, too. You can so, taste it. You can taste it. You're going to have to dampen up down there a little bit to get it to stick to it, because it's a dry rub, okay? Have a have a tub of sour cream handy when you try this. I had a good dry rub joke to throw in there. I'm just not going to do it. You know? No. I'm sure Brandon would appreciate yeah, that. That's right. Now, their spiral potato cutter, you don't want to use it in, in this challenge. But if you want to make your own potato chips, this is the tool for you. It's easy to use, and it's easy to clean, and it allows you to make your own chips and use the Cajun Curl Spice on them, too. If you want your next TikTok to be turned up a notch, <laughs> whip, up a, whip up a batch of Cajun Curl potato chips, put spice on them, and pass them out to your friends, and you guys can lip sync and dance to songs on TikTok <laughs> for this. On their website, CajunCurl.com, you can not only order the original Bayou Bundle Spice, but the Cajun Curl Chip Cutter as well. And you'll also find recipe, recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Bundle Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available at Vowell's Fresh Market on Skyland, South's Finest Meats, March Martin in downtown Northport, and Piggly Wiggly in Northport. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel extremely patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, it's low salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10. That's EOP in the number 10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're like way over time, so uh, we're just going to move on. <laughs> but uh, you got anything else to say before uh, before we wrap up the show? No, not really. Just thanks to everybody for listening. We appreciate yes. it. And uh, super active in the Facebook group. Yeah. Appreciate everybody it. join up. Follow us on all social media platforms. Yeah. Uh, we posted a really great picture this week on Instagram. Got a lot of likes. <laughs> yes. A lot of likes. So you might want to check that out. You can also surf through there and find the picture where I look like a miniature man next to Tiny on Mississippi Public <laughs> Radio. All right. Well, you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Terrestrial Radio, what? <laughs> Maybe. Is this a joke? Probably. It's probably. probably just a joke. Probably. <laughs> but if you are listening to us on the 93.1 AM out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, uh, we need some checks. Like somebody got paid to put us on. We're looking for our cut. Well, let us know about it. That's right. <laughs> yes. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore Earth Oddity on Twitter. If you would like to look at super cute pictures of baby otters, yeah. sometimes we post those on That's Instagram. Right. Yeah. 
underscore Earthotity on Instagram. And if all of that fails and you would like to just give us an old-fashioned phone call, what's tell that us phone if number? We need to, this is where you can tell us if we need to have an Earthotity TikTok. Yes. Right? Right. Call in to 662-493-2059. That's the TikTok hotline. <laughs> 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earthotity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.